Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Svarim Chatter podcast. This uh, episode of the podcast is once again being generously sponsored by a good friend of the podcast, Glock Plumbing. So for anyone that needs a uh, plumbing service issue in, in New Jersey, should please give them a call, 732-523-1836, extension 1. For this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be joined by Rabbi Yeshua Hartman, who is the Reich-based Medrash of Hashmanayim in London, and he is the editor of the I would say Kol Kisvei Maral, but it's almost, not Kol, parentheses, Kis, oh, not yet. Kisvei Maral from Mahoni Yerushalayim. So thank you very much, Rabbi Hartman, for joining me. Pleasure. Good seeing you. So why don't we start off, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, okay, I'm an ordinary Yid. I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, 63 years ago. My family made Aliyah. When I, my father, Lo Vashon, was a rabbi in St. Louis, a Talmud of Rabbi Kutner. And in 1966, a few months before the Six-Day War, my family made Aliyah. I was nine years old then. I was basically in Eretz Yisrael from the age of nine to 49, basically 40 years straight, ex- excluding one year. I went through the yeshivas of Eretz Yisrael, uh, the Yeshiva Chadash, and then Itri, and then Mir, and then I learned uh, in Kodal Dayonis of Mohon Harry Fischel. I was a Rebbe in... Uh, in, in, in various yeshivas and sams, and um, I was uh, asked to come to London at, at, when I was 49 years old for one year. That one year is still going on already for 14 years, but still be'etzim one year. That's how I would like to look at it. An extended one year. Now, you mentioned Rav Hutner there. I believe that you had a, a shaykhist to Rav Hutner, right? So what, what, what is that shaykhist that you have with Rav Hutner? Uh, Mechi, do we have like how many hours do we have? Five, six, seven hours? As long as you want. Rev Hutner Zatzal, I, I, I just, I, I, my, as a kid, when I was five years old, 10 years old, whatever, my father, Hashem, who was a, a very big time of Rev Hutner, one of the first ones, would take me along to see him. And I came along as the kid, as a, and Rev Hutner Zatzal had this uncanny ability to speak to everybody at his level. And I remember the conversations I had with him when I was 10, uh, the way he got me uh, thinking and it was art, questioning. It's not, not usually an adult when he meets a young kid, he asks him, hey, how, how old are you? What's your name? It's not too interesting for the child. With witness that's all had the ability, I could tell you afterwards a story about it, to connect to each one at his level. Uh, unfortunately, my father was nifted when I was 19 years old. And then I came the first time on my own to meet Rav Hutner Zatzal as an adult, not as a kid of my father. And uh, that developed into, it was the last three, four years of Rav Hutner's life. And I had with him a kvias roughly every third Thursday, one-on-one with Rav Hutner Zatzal. Each time it was between two to three hours. And uh, those who did not know him will be very hard to explain to them what happened there. But I could just say in short that one of the first things that I'm when I'm when I when I when I thank all the kindness and gifts that Kodesh bestowed on me, Hashem, my family, my 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 wife, my children, my grandchildren, but very top on the list is that I had the ability to meet a person like Rabbi Tzokudnezatzal. If I wouldn't have not met him, if I wouldn't have met him, I would have not known that Suras Adam reaches such peaks. The combination that he had, the chachma, the pikhes, the yeroshamayim, the goinus, the humor, the pacha, the ava, 
It was a spiritual therapy. Therapy. That's really what it was for four years. And, and he made such a rushim on me like he did on others. I remember when he took off his glasses, when he put on his glasses, when everything. It was just a Yisrael, the way he understood people, the way he understood life, the way he understood Taira, and the blend of all the different chachmas that he, that he had in him was just, uh, as the years go by, I just appreciate it more and more and more. And I'm sure, like you said, we can go on for a long time. And maybe maybe one day, Mr. we could do a podcast on a footner. I know, I think you recorded with another podcast, I'm not sure where, on a footner recently. That's right. Um, if you want to tell people where they can go listen to that. Do you know, you know where it is or you don't know where that podcast is? It, it's a, a podcast of Rav David Cohen. Rav David Cohen. Do you know what the podcast is called? You don't know what it's called? Something philanthropist, philanthropist something. Okay. I'll try to find it with, with you after. Maybe I can link to it if people are interested in hearing you uh, speak about a footnote. Okay. Whole, whole I, I, I could send you the link. I could I could do that. Okay, absolutely. I can try to link them. I'm sure people would be interested in hearing that. But that's, uh, that's a whole story on its own. I think I should start writing down the story and the stories that Rav Hutton told me about the Chofetz Chaim that he met, about the Rav Kook, about uh, all the Gdurli Yisrael, about Rabban Kotler, about Rav Chaim Oizer. He pushed it, connected me to that world, and and he was such an interesting individual and so curious and everything he noticed and paid attention and brought out. So it, it was just it was just he did not speak to me in learning. It was beikar sichaschulin of the And when I was a little bit older, like your age, I was I said to myself, you know, Chavali didn't speak to me in learning. Maybe I would have made more mileage on it. That's what I felt when I was in my 20s. That then when I reached my 30s, I said, you know, I'm really happy that it worked out that way. Because learning Bukh Hashem, Lo Alman Yisrael, the other Dirty Yisrael, the Bukh Hashem, the war, and but the the Chokmasakai that Rabbutna had and the Pikas that he had, that I haven't seen anything really close to that. So, uh, like I said, maybe if we get enough requests, we can try to do something on a footnote here as well. But, but for now, the topic is is the morale, right. uh, which which and 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 so I should think right now as a tie-in is is, you know, I was I'm going to ask you how and when did you get into the morale, did, and is that something that Ashakas Rav Hutner, who famously was very into morale? You ask me now, or no? Nah, I'm asking. I'm asking you. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. The way I got into the Maral was only because of Rav Hutner. And if it wouldn't have been for him, I for sure, Apidechateva would not reach it. Uh, it's a combination of two things. Once I told him a shtickle Torah on Hanukkah, because I knew they was into these in Yanim of Muyadim and so on, and it was eight, nine questions and one Yisoid. The Yisoid was that the Greeks had no influence on Am Yisrael. The Torah did not change at all. And according to that, I answered all the eight, nine questions. And then Rafutna told me, and we spoke in Hebrew. We communicated in Hebrew. That's in a story on its own, how we noticed that I don't speak Yiddish. Obviously, I picked it up very quickly. At that age, I didn't speak Yiddish at all. In fact, I could tell you something a little bit humorous. When I walked into his room when I was 19 years old, so I said, Shalom. And he said, Shalom. And he told me, Shalom, Famachtatir. I did not know what Famachtatir means. So I thought it's part of the bracha, and shalom from Achtatir. So I said, mm-hmm. so then he said again, from Achtatir. So I said, the chen lemar, namely, you should also be zoicha one day to the bracha of from Achtatir. And then 
And if you know, Rav Hutner with his Gidonai Malchus tells me, what, I don't speak Yiddish? Tizgor et adelet. And then he said in Yiddish, we can sign as the son of Chatzkel Halban, Rettish Yiddish. How could it be? And then from then on, we spoke in Hebrew, which he spoke perfectly, as you can see in the Pachat Yitzchak. He even corrected my Hebrew mistakes from Zohar, Nekev, and so on. So when I told him that Shtikot Torah and Chanukah, when I finished, he told me, Tidalecha, what you just now said is not only it's not true, it's what do you mean the Yabanim didn't have an influence about, upon us? The whole ambiguity in Ashkafas today, isn't that a result of the Yabanim? And the Choyshech that came down to the world, isn't that because of the Yabanim? And the first Machlokes in Chazal, he was quoting a Mishnah Chagiga, then I was not aware of the Mishnah. The first Machlokes of the Smich of the Yom Tov and not Smich of the Yom Tov, isn't that because of the Yabanim? How could you say the Yabanim didn't have an impact on us? Then he said, isn't Universitat Barilan, is it Lobignale Yabanim? That's what he told me. So then I, I tried to answer back, which I learned later that you don't do. You don't answer back. I said, name, but the Torah didn't change. Not even one letter from Breshis Laenikel Yisrael. At this stage, she mamish wanted to throw me out the window. She said, they don't want to change the Torah, change the letters of the Torah. They want to change the attitude. And then he told me, if you want to know what Hanukkah is about, you got to learn their mitzvah of the Maral. And, and from time to time, always, and then I started learning Maral. And... Uh, after Rav Hutner was Nifter, it was like, a, again, a, again, a second tragedy for me. After my father was Nifter four years later, four years, Rav Hutner was four years later, I, like, thought, I thought subconsciously I could keep on my Keshe with Rav Hutner if I'll keep, if I'll get into Maral. So definitely, uh, whatever, my, my involvement in the Maral went 100% through Rav Hutner's itself. Okay, so when did you? I'm just saying. Well, when before we get to the, the morale himself, when so when did you decide? Okay, not only were you learning morale. Okay, it's a good idea. There's nothing great on morale. No, no, no additions at that point. I don't think. Right, there's nothing else really was that great. I'm going to make a critical addition to morale. When did you decide that, and why did you decide to do that? That was a few years later. I was teaching already morale, Chumash Rashi with Yeshiva Bachim and various Yeshivas, and I, I, I saw that the the most kishmaka learning. Of Chumash Rashi is Chumash Rashi, the Gur Aryeh, and, and, and selected Rambans. That Limud is, is Gavaldic. And I did it with teenagers and they really got into it. But the, there was always a, a, technic, a, a, a technicality issue that there were so many swarm that you had to come with the, the, to the table with. The Chumash Rashi is one safer. The Gur Aryeh is not with the Chumash Rashi, so it's a sefer on its own, and sometimes it's not divided to prokim psukim, just to chapter, to paragraphs, 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 and, and then like it, it, you waste so much time just finding where's what. So the first thing was it was a more uh, a, a malacha ve'ena chachma to have them all to have the Chumash Rashi and the Gurari on the same page by just push it, having access to it and seeing it, and then so like. The Gur'ayah is one that I really started getting into. And then I saw that, that it's impossible to really understand what he's saying. If you want an example, I could give you one. If you're not going to make cross-references to this, this other svarim. I'll give you an example. On the Pasuk of Hashem Pekad Esara Kasher Omar. Vaya Asla Kasher Diver. 
fine. The Pasuk in Chumash, we read it also in Rosh Hashanah. Says Rashi, Kasher Omar Behirayan. And Rashi quotes a Pasuk. Kasher Diber Beleida. And Rashi quotes a Pasuk. What does it mean Amira is Hirayan and Dibur is Leida? Says the Maral, and here he goes, there's a classical example of the Maral saying that Amira is Lashon Raka, it's, it's not Midas Adin, and Dibur is called Lashon Kasher, and Leida is always done with Midas Adin. It's a point that has to be explained. And but then he adds, Buhu Masha Maskirim Mafteach Shaleida, the Birkas Atta Gibor, the Havenzot. That's Lashon Maral. Meaning, later has to do with Midas Adin, even though it sounds like the opposite, but that's what it is. And therefore, it's Dibur. And I'll prove to you that later has to do with Din and Gvura, because in the Brach of Shmonesra, of Atta Gibor, which speaks about the Gvura of a Kaddish Bachu, Mafteach Shaleida is mentioned. Where is Mafteach Shaleida mentioned? Because Atta Gibor. I mean, I can start guessing. I don't know. He says there's a Dover Pasha. That Mafteach Shaleida is mentioned in Birkas Atagibor. Now we know that there's three Mafteches Mafteach Shaleida, Mafteach Shutchia, and Mafteach Shukshamim, the Grand Tinies, and here's mentioned Kshamim, and here's mentioned Tchias Amesim. I, I guess the third one's also mentioned here, but where? But the Maran Gvuris, Peregmim Gimel, explains exactly what he means. Also, over there, he, he addresses the issue that Leida has to do with Mida Sadim. And he says, and that's like you mentioned in Birkas Atta Gibor Mafteach Shaleida, where he says, Matir Asurim, that the fetus is locked up in his mother's womb, and when he comes out, it's like a prisoner coming out of jail. Now, now that's really a Gemara. The Gemara says in Moed Kot and Dafidalit that you, you should take a haircut before Yom Tev, and therefore don't take a haircut in Cholamoid. But if, but if someone who comes out of prison and did not have the ability of taking a haircut earlier, should take your haircut on Cholomite, and someone who's a baby that's born, and you want to do, you don't want to wait for upshare in the age of three, you can take your haircut as well. That's what Mara says. But the, the kids are, I saw that the only way to, to understand a Maral, the only one who could explain a Maral is the Maral himself. But if you say on Dibay Torah, Anim B'mokam Anim B'mkoyman, V'ashirim B'mokam Acher, and Sifu Maral, it's he says a point one place and he elaborates elsewhere, usually in at least another three, four places. It's very, very uncommon that he'll say an idea only once. If it's an idea, it appears elsewhere. And here's a classical example that I saw Matir soon, I would have been guessing around what it meant. But then when I found the Maran verse, that says Matir soon means Matir Shaleida. So I know I'm in, in safe land because the Maran himself explains what he meant. And then I saw this happening over and over, hundreds of times. So that's when I decided, let's do the Gur'ayah. First of all, the, the Malacha, the Eina Chachma. I remember it was Parshas Tezriah when I was doing the Gur'ayah. And I said, it, it can't go on like this. It just, and he's saying points and he explains it elsewhere. And, and, and I, I remember the year that the first one I spoke to him, I thought about it on Shabbos, on Parshas Tezriah, Tov Shin Memches. Moitzi Shabbos, I called up someone that was very close to review the Kuberman Zatzal, the head of the Moitzi, and also a Mechaber Swam and Chumash and so on. And he very much encouraged me to go ahead and do it. If I would have known Reb Nuchi, what it involves, I probably wouldn't have done it. I didn't know how, it's a yam. 
It's Pasha Dayam. As I told you, I checked that once on the computer, there's more words in the Maharal than in Shas. But Boch Hashem, uh, I, didn't, I was not aware of what this encompasses, and I thought it would be something more local, and Chumash, easy does it, and that's how it started. So I think we waited long enough to discuss the morale himself, and 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 we'll get more to what to what you were just talking about and what exactly your work entails in, in, in a little bit. But the morale himself, I always I, I mentioned to you before we started recording, and I'll say it here, and the listeners are listening, what they can agree with me or not. I think people, so he's the one who always asks me, when did he live? And it's like, oh, 17, mid 1700s, 1800s. No, they don't know he lived most of his life in the 16th century, and I'll let you say he was lived in 1609, and people, I, I find that. I don't know if that's, that's what I find. So let's start off with just a brief uh, you know, biography, what we know of the morale, you know, when he lived, who was his, you know, where, where, he, where he was a rub, who was his rebellion, Talmudim, et cetera. Okay, uh, we know for sure that he was Nifter and Chai Elul Shin Samachtes. That's written on his gravestone till today, of course, in Prague, which was 1609. When was he born? It's a Machlekes, and a pretty, pretty big, big difference, meaning was he born in 1512 or, or 1524, 12 years later? So the Machlekes is, he was very old when he was Nifter, especially in those days that the average life was in the 50s or less. So according to the, the younger opinion, he was 85 when he was Nifter, but most opinions believe that he was born in 1512, and therefore he was 97 when he was Nifter. Even today, that's remarkable. In those days, it was unheard of. What does this mean, and how do you interpret this longevity? I don't know. That, that's a Kodesh Bochus decision. But he, so according to most opinions, he was born in 1512, and he was Nifter in 1609. He was a few times in and out of Prague. He was the rub of Prague, and then he went out, and he was, he was the head of a cloise, and then he went to Nicholsburg, and then he came back to Prague, these details. And then, but his last years were in Prague for sure. And uh, his firm, he started to publish, again, according to the more conventional opinion, and the Gur Ari came out in Shin Lamed Ches, which, which is 1578. That's his first sefer that he published. So if he was born in 1512 and he published his first sefer in 1578, that means his first sefer was published when he was 66 years old. So he was already a Maharal when he published it. It's not that he was like staging through the, the publishing process. And though... Uh, who are his Talmudim? <clears throat> or maybe again, he asked, who is his rabbi? We don't have a clarity. He never quotes them. Only in Drush in Shabbos Gadol, he says, he says once, but doesn't mention them by, by name. We don't know who they were. Which Svarm does he quote, and which Svarm maybe influenced them? It's lo rochak to say that the Sefer of Rebbe Gabbai, Avodah Sakodesh, had Ashpanim, because they're similar, and the Maral quotes it a few times with tremendous Deheretz. But again, he quotes it three, four times, not more. You know, all is fun. He quotes it in Gvuras, he quotes it a few times. He, he, he calls him a Gwen Amufla, and very, very respectful. Um, in the Bera Goyla, the Bera V, he mentions some Sram that he used, and Sifre Kabbalah, but again, to say who is Rabbeim, we don't have a clarity on that. Who is Talmidim <clears throat> that kept on with his Mahalach? Again, we, we don't know of any of them. We do know that the Tosis Yom Tov was an outstanding Talmud of the Maral, 
And the Tosis Yom Tov quotes him, especially in Pirkei Ovis, in Lent. Uh, in the introduction of the Tosis Yom Tov, he says that what his Rebbe did for Limut Mishnah is, is, is amazing, even to a degree, even more than what the Tanoim did, in fact, in the Dharm, in Perig Yud, Mishnah Gimel, the Tosis Yom Tov quotes a Maral that we don't have in our Swarm. And he says, I heard a drasha from my Rebbe, Rebbe about how come a, a Moser is called Moser, not a Moiser, because who is giving over people. So over there, the Tosis Yom Tov quotes it, and it's, it does not appear in the Sefer Maral. So he even gives us a Dvartar of the Maral that we don't have. Otherwise, only we have it only through the Tosis Yom Tov. Rabbi David Gantz was a Talmud. But again, those who kept on his Mahalach, not that I know of. And again, it's good it, it's to know that for 200 years after the Maral was Nifter, his sperm were not republished, meaning they were published in his lifetime. We'll go through the sperm maybe soon. And then the second edition was more than 200 years later. <clears throat> That's a long time for a Sefer not to be published. For over 200 years. And the ones who we published them, <coughs> we published them, we discovered them are the Hasidim, especially the Pshischa, the Zerm of Pshischa, Kotsk, Gur, um, the Avni Nezer. The Avni Nezer was Paskin Alachas based on the on the, on the Maral's Agarata. And uh, I guess that also kept on. You know who's the one Achron, the last 101 years ago was still alive? that had a lot to do with the morale, a going oilam, Rabbi Yosef Engel. You know, the one who wrote the Esmond Rice and the Lekach Toiv? A going oilam, and his kishrin with the morale's amkis, whenever he touches a morale, it's so beautiful. In his base of art, so he quotes the morale, and he said he got his dear halimut from Sifri morale. That's what Rabbi Yosef Engel says. So that, and he was, a, he had a shaykhist to this Sochachavar. That branch are the ones who reintroduced the Baral. And then it came over to the Litvisha world uh, through Rav Kuk's Zatzal, through Rav Dessler's Zatzal. And I think the, the one who quotes the Baral by name and made it from him, the Yusayin, is the Pachat Yitzhak of Rav Hutna's Zatzal, that... Uh, in some, in some of, of his mamarim, he calls the maral ma'or eneinu, or the light of our eyes. <clears throat> and he was uh, definitely uh, an ish maharal, belishim safek. So one of the things I do want to ask you, you did mention, is, is his name is, is, is Rodinazer of Yehuda, Leva, Lova, but his name was, when he's quoted by, by Talmudim and others, he's quoted as Leva, Lova, his name was like Leib, that was Lion. It wasn't his last name, it was his first name, right? Yeah, in those days, they didn't have last names. Last name started in the 1700s. They didn't have last names. So right. he, yeah. He, he, he was called Yehuda, but whenever he refers to himself, and it happens very seldom that he does, and it, like at the end of the uh, Tiferes or the end of Gurus, he'll say, Omar Rabbi Yehuda, uh, I'll read you the Lashon, let's say, in Perak Samachlav and Gurus Hashem. His Lashon is, Omar Yehuda ben Betzal. He doesn't call himself Levoy. He calls himself Yehuda ben Mitzal. Again, it happened only five, six times in all his farm. Uh, yeah. 
also another thing, another biographical note is that his brother was pretty famous as well, Chaim, right? Does, does he? Does, is there any cross reference between them? Do they discuss each other? And his brother wrote a number of svarim as well. The Maral, and as far as I know, in the Gurari of Pashas Yisrael, quotes that's the only time he quotes his brother Reb Chaim, and also not far, and he quotes his brother Reb Sinai. As far as I know, those are the only two times that he quotes his brothers. The Marshal in the Tshuva speaks about the family. And he says there's four brothers. The Marshal was the Rebbe. He was also a Rebbe of the, uh, I mean, the, the, the Maral went to Yeshiva, not that the Maral quotes him. And that uh, he says there were four sons. And he goes from the older one, oldest, and then the, the Maral, Rebuda was the youngest one. And he said, Well, al Kulan says the Marshal is the youngest one, referring to the Maral. Mm-hmm. Right, I know that uh, his brother Chaim wrote Sefer Chaim. He wrote his another number of is it many many svarim also. Just uh, interesting. Okay, another thing we should point out is, is he had a couple of uh, famous opinions, right? I believe he was opposed to Tysus being printed on the page, which is something that didn't last. His opinion didn't. Also, there was some sort of opposition he had to Shulchan Aruch, not to Rais of Cairo. Talk about that. I know Tzyam also had a little bit. What was that? Those two things. Okay, in, in, regarding the printing the Tysus, you could say for the topic, what was the topic that hurt the morale the most? Where did he scream out of agony, if you could say, in his farm, if you could hear it, is the Der Halimud that people had in those days, which is maybe not so different than what we have today. And he was very much, he said, you have to first cover ground. You first have to know Shas. And he quotes the Gemara in Ligma Vachakach Lisbor, the Gemara in a few times in Shas. And he, it's so ironic that people learn a Tysus and they know, and Tysus asks from another Gemara, and they only know this Gemara from Tysus. Without Tysus, they would never even know this Gemara, again, which is something that happens to us almost daily. And he felt Tysus, by the definition, is something extra, which would, should be done later, later, later on, not when you're first learning. When you're first learning, you should do Gemara. Rashi and Piskei Arosh. And uh, he felt very strongly about this. This topic about Der Halimut, the people are quetching and, and not covering ground. And then they just, when they get married, they want to get married to a daughter of a Gvir, Bas Meizahav, that's what he calls. Something sounds a little maybe familiar. He thinks, it says it should be when he enters under the chuppah, he should know already Shas. And what does he know? A little here, a little there. And then in Derechaim, he says, I also studied like that, like everybody else did. And listen when he says something. One of the deepest thinkers of Amish, so look what he says. And Derechaim, Perek I used to also learn like that. But then I learned the Sefer Orchus Tzadikim. And the Orchus Tzadikim goes very much against this, Derechaimud. And because of my sins, says the Maral, I wasn't Zoyche to learn, to, that the, to reach that Sefer earlier. Now here you think to yourself, Orchid Sadiqim is a Sefer Musar. You would think someone with the abkas of the Maral will not change his Derech Halimut because of a Sefer Musar. He, he changed everything because what he saw in the Sefer Orchid Sadiqim in Shara Torah. And he says, I wish I would have seen that Sefer earlier. And I and he said, I went, I, I used to learn like the other Derech Halimut and he said, I was pretty good in that, he says. That's what he says to himself. But this is a derech that you won't come out knowing anything. And then he says over there, he quotes the Gemara, Mamish, unbelievable what he says. He quotes the Gemara that if a person's present in a room, then another year dies. 
not a relative. He has to do Kriya Kesefetar Shenisraf. That's what the Gemara says. And he says, what, Rashi explains why every Jew that dies is like a Sefetar Shenisraf. So he quotes, he doesn't mention, he's referring to the Rashi and the Rif, not the Rashi and the Gemara. And the Rashi and the Rif says because he could have learned so much more Torah, and now that he died, he's not learning it. So a potential that did not materialize. Says the Maral, Ra'iti Bonim, I saw Talmidim, Shelibam Ke'ulam, they had the heart of the size of the Ulam Vesamigdash. They could have known Kola Terakula, the Achrisam, but what happened with them at the end? The Keshar Amea Rotsas, Chei Hashem Tzvokas, Im Ein Raui Likro Alze, Kal Sefater Shanisraf. Meaning, if it's because of potential that did not materialize, it doesn't have to be Dafka if they died. If they're walking around and you know they could have known Chas. And now they know here and there. Chei Hashem Tzvokas. Im ein raui likro al ze ke'al sefer Torah shenisraf. So therefore he was against Tysus because he felt first you should cover the ground, first no shas, and then start asking questions from one to another. But you should be familiar with the Gemara before Tysus quotes it. Don't know it only once Tysus quotes it. That's regarding the Tysus. Um, regarding uh, what you mentioned, uh, the, the Shukhanach. So in the Siva Torah, Perk Tezvav, he says something very, very Mukhudish. He says, you should, meaning if you just take, learn the Halacha without knowing where it's coming from, without knowing the Sugyas, without knowing the Rishonim, just a, a blank statement, that's not the way how to do it. Rather, it's preferable that you should learn the Sugya yourself, go through the Rishonim, go through it, and see what you come up with. Okay, and any any expanse on this Chedesh, and he said, he's not speaking about the Shokhanach, the Shokhanach didn't come out on this time, but he says the Tur and the Rambam, he says, would have never written the Svarim if they would have known that people are going straight directly to them without learning the Sugyas. And by the way, that's a big Chedesh, because the Chur, the Rambam, says in his Agdama that you don't need anyone to go through Shaz. And says the Maral on him, if he would have known the people use his safer instead of Shas, they would have never printed it. So that has to be explained because the, Chur, the Rambam in his own Agdama says a different Mahalach. But the Rambam has a chuba and it works out well what the Maral meant. Right, I think it's one of the Ravid is upset about, but yeah, if you, yeah, there was things with that. Um, okay, I'm sure there are listeners that are listening right now and they're probably going, how in the world are you not mentioning the Goylem yet? We're how many minutes in? There's no mention of a Goylem. What's going on? Okay, so that we're going to have you can't talk about morale without talking about the Goylem, um, even if his writings are more exciting. I'm sorry to everybody, but they are much more exciting. But okay, did he or did he not make a Goylem? Let's talk about the famous story of the Goylem. Before I, I go into that story, I don't know a lot about it. I did not study it thoroughly I, here and there. But in my humble opinion, this story of the Goylem caused tremendous damage to the morale. Instead of understanding that he was one of the Goinim and the Mamikim that Am Yisrael ever produced, people could look at him as a Kunzmacher. You know, he did a Golem, did the Golem, and it, it could eclipse a little bit what he really was, which was a Goin Oilam She Mamashein Kamoyo. About the story of the Golem, now before a Sefer was written in the early previous century of the Niflores Samaral, it was already, the war saying, it was already in the late 1800s, so we're speaking about that the Maral wrote a, made a golem. 
there is no scientific proof for it. The moral, of course, never mentions it. And it was not mentioned in his lifetime or even right after his lifetime for a while. Um, I do know that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, that's how I have a letter, uh, someone showed me a letter, I have a copy of it at home, that he said that there was a golem. There was, but he tells the chassid that asks him about it, what difference is it if there was or not? Does it make you a bigger Yerushalayim or not if you know that there was a golem or there wasn't a golem? But he, he's convinced <clears throat> the Rebbe that there was. Um, I personally have not come across any raya gdoila to here or to there. The only little proof I found was on the biography of the Noid of Yudah, which is called Moifa Sador. There's a few editions of it. And one of them has annotations of it from the nephew of the Mishkunis Yaakov, or the Mishkin Yaakov. And he says over there that he's quoting his uncle that came to Prague one day and met the, the Shamish of the Noid of Yudah. And he says that the Shamash of the Neudibuda told him that the Neudibuda himself, who also lived in Prague a hundred and some years, or almost 200 years after the Maral, went up on the attic of the shul and came down and decided to have no steps leading to the attic. And he's quoting the Shamash of the Neudibuda that he met personally. And the Shamash says this is what the Neudibuda told him. So that's the only little proof that I found, and again, I did not study this topic in a, in a very serious way. But I really was not so interested in it because again, I'm a little bit unhappy how people portray the morale through the, through the prism of the, of the Goleman story, and then they really miss out what he truly was. Let's put it this way. If he did a Goleman or not, it's a Suffolk. That he wrote Ninth Farm that changed the world is a Vadai. Ain't Suffolk Moitzi Midei Vadai. I used to hear a quip when I was a bacher. I think they said it from Zev Hoberman's Zasad. I don't know. I'm sure it's not his quip. I don't know. But that's what I heard from them. They said, oh, to, to, to make a girl, I don't know. There's no kunz, there's no chiddush, no nays, whatever. To write Gurari, that, that there is. You know, it doesn't exactly, like you're saying, it's whatever. What's the difference? I, almost people, it's like you're saying, it's like sensationalized popular culture, so to speak. Hey, I'll tell you, that I do know. It's written in the name of the Rukivagar that the Rukivagar said. If the Maral made a golem or not, I don't know, but he made a Talmud like a Tosis Yomtev, that for sure is much greater. So, oh, so, then, so then the quip, okay, so then it must have been taken, exactly, it was, it was t- taken around something like that, to say about a golem, to however you want to term it, wherever it comes from, I don't know, that's where I heard it from, exactly. So that, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so um, there's a couple of different areas we could go, but I think we just finish up with a few things I do want to discuss at one point. Getting back to Talmudim, a, a topic that I think is interesting to me, um, and, and, and some may not be familiar with it, I did a podcast on Ma'ori Naim of Azari de Rossi, Azari de Menadumim, and the morale was famously, vehemently opposed to him and his work. He said he should put Mecherib, he should burn it, etc. So talk a little bit about that, and that his Talmud, and we mentioned, to his Yamtiv and Tamakhtov, we're clearly learning it, they quote it in their Sfarim, so, I mean, how, what was going on? And Morale's writing so sharp against it, and they were like, okay, we're going to quote it, we're going to learn it, we're going to talk about it. Okay, so let's start with your first question. <clears throat> the Maral at the Be'er Hashishi, the Maral at the end of Be'er Hashishi, which speaks about the, the, uh, the Lechura contradictions between Chazal and science, that's what the Be'er Hashishi is about in the Sefer Be'er Goyla, uh, says, I, already, I really finished already what I wanted to speak about, but then someone came and told me that there's a Sefer that just came out now about the Zinyanim, and I ran to it like a chassan runs to a kala. That's what he says. 
I was so excited to get this safer because people were telling me. And then when I read it, I saw every page caused me more Agmas Nefesh than the other and my, my, my heart broke. Now, why did the Maral, uh, why was he so opposed to the Sefer Morinan? I think we just have to understand a little bit a uh, uh, background here. The Maral the wrote nine Svarim, as we mentioned before in our conversation, before the recording, he, was, he wrote many, many Svarim. What do you think was his ultimate goal? If we could define in one line, what did the Maral want to accomplish with all the Svarim they wrote? We'll speak about them maybe later, but it's a massive production, nine Svarim. And some of them are very, very big. What was, if there is, one, out, one dominating agenda that the Maral had? He says it himself a few times. His goal was to show the glory of Chazal, the Chachma of Chazal, the Gdusha of Chazal. He says over and over, there's not one Medrash in Chazal, not one, which isn't the Abkus Hapshat and Abkus Hadrash and Abkus Ha'iyun. He learns the word Drash from the word Lidrash Velachkor, not like we say, he said a Drush, which sounds not related to the text. He says the word Russia means digging into the text. And the Chachma of Chazal, he says each one, if you look at Chazal, how could they, the Chachma that they get over to us and the Akaras HaTov that we have to after them. And he dedicated his life for this point. What promoted him to do, what happened in his lifetime that promoted him to do it, that, that deserves a research on his own. But he says over again and again, there's nothing like the Chachma of Chazal. And then he says in one place, the Goyim are also very clever people. There's a Chachma of a Goyim. Chazal say, Chachma of a Goyim Tamin. But how could you compare it to the Chachma of Chazal? Because the Chachma of the Goyim is a Chachma Enushis, the human brain, what it comes up with. But Chazal is Ish, Mipi Ish, Mipi Ish, Til Moshe Rabbeinu, Mipi Ashkina. It's a different league. And he dedicated his, his life and his friend to bring out this point, the covet of Chazal. Before I speak about the Morinaim, I'll tell you a, a, another manifestation of this idea. There's one reason, Kaddish Vitar, 100% considered Kemalach Elokim, which the Maral came out very strongly against also, but not on a personal level, but arguing with him very, very firstly, very strongly. I'm referring to the Eben Ezra. There's about 11 times that there's a major machlekes between the Eben Ezra, who lived three, 400 years before the Maral, or maybe even more, and the Maral. Why? Because the Eben Ezra and his Der Chagdesha, in his holy way, said, I'm going through, I'm not going to, in he says, I'm not going to explain the, my, in the commentary according to Chazal. There's Bali Mikra, Bali Mishnah, okay, Bali Agartha, he's going with the Mikra. So a classical example, for example, an argument between the Mahara, between the Ibn Ezra and the Maharal. That the Chazal say, why the Torah start with the letter base, Breshis? Because with the letter base, you could say the word bracha. So it's a nice word to start with. Says the Ibn Ezra in his introduction to Chumash, he says, I don't understand that. Yes, you have the word bracha, which starts with base, but you also have the word behema and baliyudum, and all kinds of not such pleasant words, which also start with a letter base. So 
Mara Isa. I said, I'm not going to go with that Mahalach. The Maral in his firm a few times addresses this remark of the Ibn Ezra. And he says, B'mechila, the Ibn Ezra made himself kilo as if he didn't understand what Chazal really meant. You think Chazal really meant because by random, the letter Bet, you could say with it the word Bracha, therefore Bet is a great letter? Of course, there's other words with the letter Bet which will show opposite. That's not what Chazal meant. Chazal meant that intrinsically, the letter Bet represents Bracha. Because bracha means, like the Rishonim say already, ribui, abundance. Abundance starts with the number two, miut rabim. The second letter of the Aleph base is the beginning of a ribui, therefore it represents bracha. The word bracha is a simon, not a siba, for the importance of the, of the letter bet. Meaning bet intrinsically on its own represents bracha. And the word bracha afterwards was composed and made with this letter because what bet represents. And then he says, look at the root of the word bracha. What's the root? Bet, resh, chaf. They're all the second letters of the olive base. Two, 220. That's what chazal meant. Not that the word bracha is a siba. It's a siman. And then when a family gets married, when a husband and wife get married, I'm sorry, and then their first child is called Pchor, which again is the second letters of Bracha. How come it's not according to the order? That's another, another, another Indian. He says, but that, so the Maral was very, very makbid on the covenant of Chazal. And when he felt that any opinion is undermining that covenant, so he became a spokesman of Chazal and answered back. You know, it, it happened even with Rashi. Rashi, that his first step, the first step of the Maharal was on Rashi. Why? If you want to show with Chazal, why are you, why are you, why are you dedicating your first sefer and your biggest sefer to Rashi? Because Rashi writes in the introduction, is, is all in the title page, is all about Chazal. He, the Maharal has the utmost respect, of course, for Rashi. Look, he wrote a, a whole commentary on Rashi. But in one or two places that Rashi argues with Chazal, the Maral will take Chazal's side. In last week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayera, in the beginning of uh, in the beginning of the, of the first Pesukim of Parsha's Vayera. Okay, we won't go into it now. So whoever goes against Chazal, the Maral is going to answer back. When it comes to the Sefer Moor Enaim, here the Maral felt that this Sefer is undermining the Kavod of Chazal in a way that was never done before. That Chazal are speaking umdana. Umda means that's how they understood in those days, etc. And 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 here the Maral felt that the cover of Chazal obligates him to come out of a, against it very strongly. There's no other sefer that I know that he put Bukharim. This is the only one. And again, he said he approached it like a chasan yirtzalikraskala. And he goes through a few shtiklachs of the sefer Morinaim. And shows that no, this is not the way how to do it. Now, how, your question regarding how come his Talmudim could still quote it after he says explicitly if it's Bali Yiroel, Bali I don't have an answer to that. I don't have an answer to that. How could they do it after he said that? I don't know. Okay, I thought it was worth bringing up, but that was all uh, very, very yeah. fascinating. Now, 
Uh, it's something I guess we should have done before. And we should do till it's just till we, we mentioned, like you obviously mentioned, Gurarie. We can leave that one aside. But other than Gurarie, what is a list of his farm uh, that he published in his lifetime and that published afterwards? And just quickly, what do each one about before we go in a little bit more in depth? Okay. So, as I said before, the, he has nine farm that he published in his lifetime. The nine are, again, the first one is Gurarie, which is a commentary on Rashi. But it's good to spend a little bit of time just to notice. He called the Sefer Gur Arye. Why? It's a Pasuk. It's, it was given to Shevet Yehuda, and his name is Yehuda. But he did not write an introduction to the Sefer Gur Arye, but he wrote a title page. And he wrote it because he quotes it in Pasha's Kisisa. In Pasha's Kisisa, he says, look what I wrote, and it's him, what he wrote on the title page. And uh, since Rashi is gathering Chazal, compiling Chazal after another, so... Gur Arye, so therefore he's dedicating his first sefer to Rashi, who quotes Chazals. Gur is a baby line, a cub, and that's like dealing with the pshat issues. And then Arye is the more deeper philosophical issues. And that's, that's, what he, that's why he called the sefer Gur Arye. That's what's written in the title page. So in the sefer Gur Arye, the Gur part is really what others did, but nevertheless, the Mao is always unique, unique, unique. But there's at least what to compare to other Mephoshi Rashi, especially with Lo Mizrahi that the Mal quotes extensively. Aryeh, that, there's really no one to compare with because he's the only one who did it. But almost all his Yisoidis are already written in the Sefer Gur Aryeh, even though it's the first one that came out. He does quote in the Gur Aryeh the two others, Sarandi he's going to publish later, Der Chaim and Gvur Sashem. Those are the only two that he quotes. After that, after the Gur Aryeh comes a set that he, what he was planning to do with what happened to Lamaisa. And uh, he says, I want to write a sefer, I'll tell you soon where he wrote it, on every word of the following Pasuk. V'cho Hashem ha-gedula v'ha-gevura v'ha-tiferes v'ha-netzach v'ha-hoid k'chol v'ha-shamayim uva-aretz. Based on the Gemara and Brachas Dapnumches, he says, I want a, a projected six-volume sefer, six volumes. Sefer Agdullah will be on Shabbos. Sefer Gvurus should be on Pesach. It's all based on this Russian Gemara. Sefer Atiferis will be on Shavuos and Matan Sefer Hanetzach will be on Golus and Geula. Sefer Hahoid will be on Sukkot. And Sefer Shemaim Ba'aretz will be on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. From these six volumes, we have only three. We have the Sefer Gvurus Hashem on Pesach and the Haggadah of Pesach. That whole, that's the next Sefer that the Mal published, and he refers to it always as a Sefer Yisoid. Then we have the Sefer Tiferes Yisrael. Interesting, Gvurus Hashem, Tiferes Yisrael, even though the Pesach says Lecho Hashem, Hagdullah Gvur. Okay, that needs to be explained. And that's on Matan Torah. And we do have the Sefer Netzach Yisrael on Golos and Geula. We do not have the Sefer Hagdula on Shabbos. We do not have Sefer Ahoyd on Sukkot. And we do not have Sefer Shemayim Ba'aretz on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it's known that the Abne Nezer said he'll give all money in the world if anybody could ch- come up with those one. Now what will happen with those three? Did he write them but they got lost? Most probably he never wrote them because he never quotes them. And all the others from that we have, he does quote. The Sefer Gdullah, he quotes once in Sefer Anetzach, and there he says, if Hashem will help me to reach it in a, in a very future text, which he doesn't use in his other swam. 
And it's hard to say that three sperm got lost. Uh, you know, there was printing already in those days, like Nechatesa. So th that's, those are the three sperm. You know, I, I would like to maybe just to illustrate how we're missing the sperm of the mouth. For example, Shabbos. Let's bring out one point. What's the main theme of Pesach? The Leda of Am Yisrael and Cherus. What's the main theme of Shavuos? Matan Torah. What's the main theme of Rosh Hashanah? Yom Adin. What's the main theme of, of Yom Kippur? Slicha and Nechila and Tshuva. What's the main theme of Shabbos? What, for the 25 hours of Shabbos, what should I really focus on? You'll ask people, you, you, from people that were Abu Hashem, Shermit, Torah, Mitzvahs, they'll find it very difficult to explain what's the main theme. Is it that I believe that Kashmir created the world? Is it Oynek? Is it Oylem Haba? What's the main theme? And you know, come, I think we don't have a 100% clarity on this one. He says, we don't have the morale. They explain it to us. What is the Nakuda of Shabbos that everything else branches from? Okay, there is a shot because the Ma'al does speak about Shabbos here and there. But I'm just pointing out how much, we, how much we're thirsty for Sefer Ma'al. If something would come from Shabbos, what's the main focus? Okay, so those are three Svarim. Sefer Agvurus, Hatiferes, Va'anetzach. That's considered like a set. And then comes his commentary on Pirkei Ovis called Derech Chaim, which again is the Tosis Yomtov quotes it Keseder on his Tosis Yomtov in Pirkei Ovis, and that's another Sefer. A very large Sefer, another Sefer on the Mishnahis of Pirkei Ovis and the Perk Shishi. And then he considered as part B of Derech Chaim a Sefer called Nesivos Oilam, which Nesivos Oilam. Again, so that's Sefer number six that we're dealing now with. The Gur'ayi, then the three of Vurus, Tiferes, and Netzach, and, that, and then Derechaim, and then Sefer Nesivus Oilam. Nesivus Oilam roughly is called about Midos and Musar. It has 33 paths. Each path is divided into chapters. Some are long, but most of them are short. Nesiva Torah is one. Nesiva Avoida is two. Nesiva Chesed is three. And then the Siva Din, the Siva Emes, the Siva Emuna, the Siva Tshuva, the Siva Bitochen, the Siva Yisurin, the Siva Derech Eretz, the Siva Sholem, the Siva Hanova. There's 33 of them, and today it's divided into two volumes. That's Sefer number six, which the Maran Derech Chaim refers to it as part two of Derech Chaim, and, and when he's in the Siva Elam, when he refers to Derech Chaim and Prikah Aves, he calls it Prakim. Okay. And then there's another, uh, uh, we have two Mu'adim of the Rabbanan. We have Hanukkah and Purim. So we have two Sfarim of the Ma'al on that. We have the Sefer Ner Mitzvah on Hanukkah. And we have the Sefer Orchadash on Megillah Sester and Purim. And here comes, like, look how everything's totally in Mazel, even the Sefer Torah The Sefer Ner Mitzvah is the shortest Sefer of the Ma'al. Hanukkah is eight days. I personally know many people that go through the Sefer Ner Mitzvah on Hanukkah. 28 pages the way it was printed originally, divided to eight days. Okay. Or Chadash is not 28 pages, it's 180 pages. Purim is only one day and a very busy day. And part of the day we're drunk. So, look, if you find anyone 
that learned the Sefer or Chadash from cover to cover, please let me know of him. It's very uncommon. I guess just like Purim is Chag B'Seser, hidden. So the Sefer of the Moral is hidden together with that, with that Hester. But those are, those are Sfarim number seven and eight. And they're, they're the last ones that he published. And the one, the number where, where we spoke already about, where is the heart of the Maral, where if you study it carefully, you'll hear his heart beating, is the Sefer Baragoyla. Why? What's the Sefer Baragoyla about? We know today. He's answering a pamphlet that came out in, in 1552 by a Meshumad, a Jew who converted to Christianity, who they're the ones who caused us the biggest tsars. And this Meshumad knew, Chazal's, and he published a pamphlet with 94 quotations of Chazal. And with one purpose, one purpose only, to show how ridiculous Chazal are. And the Maral wrote the Sefer Baragoyla to answer that. Out of the 90-some quotations that this Meshumad has, the Maral answered back to about 84. The ones that have to do with the Oiso Ha'ish and how come we're not following the, the Oiso Ha'ish, that the Maral did not deal with, I guess because he's living in the a small ghetto in Prague and he can't do that. You know, But like, for example, one of the one of the complaints against Chazal. Chazal, the Gemara says in Sukkah that eclipse of the moon is a bad sign, a bad omen for Yisrael. And the eclipse of the sun is a bad sign for, for the Umas Ha'ilam. How can it be a bad sign? Today, by science, we know exactly when there'll be an eclipse, where, for how long, and I can tell you for the next thousand years when it's going to happen. So how can it be a bad omen? I guess Chazal did no science. Because it's totally predicted. And the Maral shows what Chazal really meant. And when you notice the gap between the superficial way of understanding Chazal and the deeper way that the Maral reveals, when you acknowledge that gap, you literally could start dancing in the streets. But the Sefer Berg, meaning all the swarm of the Maral are based on Chazal, but there's a topic based on Chazal. Gvur Sashem is Yitzhia Sutraim based on Chazal. Tiferes Yisrael is Matan Torah based on Chazal. The topic is Chazal. And since he dedicated his life to show what Chazal are and the covet of Chazal, the Sefer Beragola, that's where he really went in to show how people are misunderstanding Chazal, taking a very superficial understanding of what they meant, and as a result of that, they don't understand what, they, what Chazal truly meant, and that's the Sefer Beragola. Those are the nine Sfarim that he published. There are here and there Sfarim in Halacha, which were not published Bechayev, but come out later. His commentary on the tour, some, some uh, Printings of the tour have it, especially on Yeridea. Here I could show you, I have the Chidushim Marami Prague on three Mesechtas, Shabbos, Eruv, and Psachim, which came out about 200 years after the Ptira of the Maral. And what was revealed in the 1950s, going back to the Agarata part of Torah, which the Maral is more known for, that was revealed here in England, as you know, I'm living now in London in Oxford by the Talmudim of Deslar, Rabbi Carmel and others, and they discovered the writings of the Maharal on the Chidushia Goddess. And on that, the Maharal wrote on all the Masechtas, they discovered about 70% of them. 
We do not have the Chidushi Agodas in Brachas. We do not have the Chidushi Agodas in Seder Moed, but we have on Shabbos and Rosh Hashanah that we do have. And then from then on, the Zikin that we have. Rabbi Aaron Lepiansky made a collection of, from all Sefer Amal that we have today and made like Chidushi Agodas according to Mesech the Brachas, a brilliant, a brilliant avoider. What did he do in the Chidushi Agodas? Well, when he bumps into a Gemara that he already explained in one of his farm, sometimes he'll just say, in short, please look up what I wrote in one of my farm. But a lot of times he just rewrites it. And he always adds something. Another put. And th th those small additions are, 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 are a tremendous light on what the Mal is saying. <coughs> Sorry. So that was, those are the swarm that we have. Now, I want to ask you, there's also drushes, right? Oh, you're right. You're right. It's not, it was never published as a safer, but they were published, yes. There's five drushes that the Maral gave, 100%. As a Rav of Akilah, he gave drushes Shabbos Agado and drushes Shabbos Chuva, And then three other drushes, a Hesped, that he said on Moreno Arab Rabbi Akiva Ginsburg, defining what Misa really means. Then he has Drush al Torah and Drush al Hamitzvah. That's what he has. Now they were published, apparently they were published in his lifetime, yes, but in very, very, very different forms and ways. Today in the set of Sifri Maral, you know, the regular set, uh, they appear in the Be'er HaGoyla. At the end of the Be'er HaGoyla are three drushes, Drush Alamitzvah, Drush Alatoira, and Drush Shabbos Tshuva. And the Hesped is printed at the end of the Gur'ayi, Tfus Brak and Bamidbar. And Rosh Hashabbos Agadol is published at the end of the Haggadah Shul Pesach of that set. You're right. Thank you very much for pointing that out. Now, in the Drushes, he's a little bit trying a little bit more to accommodate the listener because he understands he's speaking to people in the shul. So it's a little bit easier, I think, to follow the Drushes than Israel. Now, I think there's one more I have to mention, even though it's not the moral, I guess I'll say, is that obviously we have the Gvurs Hashem on Pesach, but then there's something, there was a Haggadah that was uh, published as being from the moral. Um, what's the story with that? Okay, that's for sure. We know for sure today it's not from the moral. It's uh, someone who published a Sefer, uh, a Haggadah Pesach on its own, and he divided it into two, into two commentaries, into two portions. It's called Divrei uh, Nigidim and Lashon Limudim. And on the bottom of the page, it's the Gvuris. Now, the Maral did not write a separate commentary on the Agodah Pesach. Just in Gvuris Hashem, from Perg Nun Aleph till Perg Samach Vav, he's dealing with the Agoda. That, so he does explain the Agoda, but not as a separate a sefer. It's part of the Sefer Gvuris Hashem. What's written in, uh, what came out as Divrei Nigidim and Lashon Limudim is 90% quoting the Gvuris Hashem which is okay. But then there's a few things added, which are a little bit, which are not the moral. Let's put it this way. The, the professional learners of the moral do not learn the Divrei Nigidim and the Lashon Limudim. Right. Now, also mentioned, I think your Gavur Hashem, I think one of the volume, maybe it's Chile Gimel, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, is just on the Haggadah part with your notes, you'll correct me. And also, I know Baron Lepiansky also has a Haggadah also that he published, right? That meaning from Gavur Hashem, right? Those yes. There's, there's, 100. There's, uh, there's another edition called Mishnah Smarel, uh, Rabbi Zaman Rosenberg, together with my friend Rabbi Mendel Brachfeld, 
and they're publishing now. Sfarim also did a, a terrific avoda. Rebbeinu Lupiatsky also did a terrific avoda Nagada Shul Pesach together with the Kisviyad that, that they discovered. That's what's unique about uh, that avoda. And then also the Agoda Shepesach of Mishnas Maral. Here I can show it to you. Let me show you a copy of it here. Yeah. Agoda Shepesach Mishnas Maral. Uh, also a beautiful Avoida. And yeah, if you take this, the Prakim of the Sefer Gvuras and, and, and explain them, that's, that's 100% kosher. That's, that's for sure. So I think so. Okay, something else we should get into now a little bit more is that we 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 did discuss. Obviously, you mentioned that he coming to defend Chazal and discuss Chazal. But is that would you define the morale's overall hashkafa, so to speak? Like, what is his underlying, you know, thought? His most central thought. Where where would you say? What would you say it is? Is it that? Is it something else that you want to mention? And also, what's the let's say so to speak the most like you say the stick is safer? I know you mentioned is it Baragoyla like you just said before, or is it something else? Okay, so regarding your first question. It's it's he's uh, it's impossible to say one idea or one thing because he's he's on kolatarikula. It's like just imagine if someone's going to ask you what's the main theme of chumash. I don't know chumash. You have tarik mitzvahs. Yeah, but what's the main thing? I guess that there's a god. But like it's kolatarikula. What's the main theme of shas? Gemara Talmud What's the main theme of Talmud Bavli? I don't know. Uh, so the morale to say what's the main thing he, but he, what you could point out about him is his uh, of course after protecting the Indian of Chazal uh, showing uh, the, the blend of Oilam Asoid and Oilam Hanigla and the, and, the, and the philosophical outing for Kabbalistic ideas that's probably I don't know if that was your question but that's probably his main chiddush of bringing out and this Rafutnas that's already wrote, uh, it's, it's quoted in his name, of uh, bringing out Dibrei Torah, Beloshen Nigla. Meaning, but, but it's the previous of Torah, but Beloshen Nigla, that would be his, his probably one of his main outstanding chidushim. Um, but the goal that he dedicated himself, if you want to nevertheless speak about a theme, is trying to understand Chazal in really in a way that they really meant it. And to explain Chazal not based on 20 other sources. And, and, and to try to stop thinking about Chazal in a childish way. You know, for example, let me illustrate it, even though it's really childish. I'll tell you a story of a Chazal, the way a five-year-old understands it. And then let's just show how it falls short when you get a little bit older. Yaakov Avina one night was very, very tired because he didn't sleep already for 14 years. So he went to sleep. In those days, they didn't have a pillows and he wanted to protect himself. So he slept on rocks, stones. And the rocks started to fight. Each right says, Allah and the other rock says, uh-uh, Allah So Koshbol told the rocks, listen, it's not nice to, write, to fight. And he made them all into one. That's the Chazal. Now, I would like to do it. I sometimes do this with adults if they agree to go through this. Sometimes they, they may feel offended. Can we, could you add anything deeper to this Chazal than the five-year-old? Could you, could you say this Chazal, let's say, to intelligent, not from Jew, without blushing? 
maybe you could say, who says you have to add? Maybe sometimes Chazal can be understood on the most superficial level. Of course not. I'll prove it to you. It, it, this Chazal itself. How come it only happened to Yaakov, this story? How come Abraham and Yitzhak and Moshe and Pinchas and Aaron Akron didn't have this story? And Yaakov himself, that it happened to him every night when he went to sleep, every night? You know, you could have just a parnasa from that. You take a bunch of stones in the night and you wake up, you have a beautiful sink in the morning. Chazal say that it happened only that night. Could stones fight? What does it mean that stones fight? What's going on over here? So when trying to understand Chazal in a childish way or in a superficial way, without going and appreciating where Chazal are coming from, that's definitely something that Maral came out against. <clears throat> and, and therefore, like technical spheres, never made it to the best members of the Maral. I'll give you an example. Judaism is a maternal religion. It goes according to the mother. Why everything goes according to, why? By the other omas, it goes according to the father. So I'm sure you heard about this far that because it's easier to follow a pregnancy of a mother than a father. A mother, you see it. Father, you don't see. You need chazakas and so on. The mom will never say such kind of swara. There's no chachmanat. It's a mere technicality. And always again, it's not enough. So how come Kuhuna and Livia goes with the father? The pregnancy far works also over there. And even by us, the Ramban says in Pasha Zemur, the Abta Matan Torah, we went through the father. Only Matan Torah got switched to the mother. So, but this pregnancy concept already existed from the days of Adam and Chava. So like technical explanations, he never went for it. He doesn't even quote it sometimes. Because why? There's no Chachman here. And he, and, and he said, Kihi chokmaschem means every iota of Torah has tremendous wisdom in it. And if you're going to hide between something technical, practical, there's no chachma here. That's the he's against the, the, the mahalach of explaining kashras based on health. It's healthy foods or unhealthy foods. If it's that, go to a good doctor and find out what's healthy, what's not. Why do you need a Torah for that? And may I add, is chon so healthy? And gala, is it so healthy? So it has to be a chachma eloikis. That's what the Ma'al always screams on. And it has to be the Torah and Chazal, Torah for Shtetzach, and Chazal are a divine wisdom. And it should be treated as such. And not, you know, in those days, that's how people felt and blah, 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 blah. That, that he was fiery against. So I, I did ask you what would be his most you said this you could say for so to speak. I think I'll I'll leave that. We could we could leave that for the end. Though at the end we'll ask you something else related to that. So we'll push that aside for, for a few minutes. Um so are, are there other ideas of his or Hidushim of his that would be considered today that maybe we don't even know, people don't even know that that are just pushed like ABCs of of, of Yiddishkeit of of a moon of Ashkafa or or that you know of or no? I Meaning your question is that the things that were ABC of Ashkafa that came from the Marmal, we don't know that it came from the Marmal? Is that your question? Essentially. Meaning, I mean, and, and you don't know. People today, there are things that are like accepted as commonplace, but really it, it originated with the morale. That's what I mean. Well, that, that, that's a lot of ideas of that. There's a lot of ideas like that. But again, since he's a deep thinker and people don't like to think too deeply, so uh, it doesn't happen that often. 
It's like saying, are there any ideas of the chazonish floating around? I mean, I'm just giving a dogma. Uh, um, like people are just there. So it doesn't happen that often, but it does happen, that, you know, as far as the morale about uh, why Adam is called Adama because he's, his potential is endless, not because he comes from Adama. It's not so much a derogatory statement. It means to show that the common denominator between Adam and an acre of land is that the potential is endless. Take a piece of land, the amount of fruits and vegetables and trees and flowers year after year after year is endless. Therefore, Adam is called Adam. That, that's pretty known. That's pretty known. And behema is the word ma, its essence, ba, it's already all there. What you see is what you got. Show ben yamo, kolbi shor. That's a common, that's a machshav of the maral that's pretty known. Um, I got to think a little bit more. Are there any, also that people say that the maral preceded Albert Einstein with, with the theory of time by almost 300 years. What he said in this week's Pasha and Pasha's ball explaining of doing mitzvahs bizvizus and why Am Yisrael left Mitzrayim b'chipazen in a hastiness but a Kishbohu couldn't arrange, there'll be another 15 minutes and we'll leave in a and the way he explained the whole attitude to time it's baradik, but to say that it's known and it's floating around, no I can't say that, but that he brings out that hastiness is the way to fight the influence of time yes, absolutely that, that, and, and speed versus time that, that he did speak about. But I would say he did influence not what people are known for, knowing for today, but Hasidus. And the, the separate Tanya, it's written on it, Shibam, and I understand that it's known that the Svarim means Maral and Shla Kodesh. So the Ashpa that he had on Hasidus, especially on the Pshischa Hasidus, this Fasemis, there's probably, there's not a page that doesn't quote Maral. And the Shemi Shmuel even more. So he had a, a, a tremendous impact on the world of Hasidus. And then, as I mentioned before, on the more later years, also in the Yeshiva Shavuot through the Rav Dessler, Rav Hutner Zatzal, and Rav Moshe Shapiro Zatzal. Rav Moshe Shapiro Zatzal told me, My whole infrastructure came from Maral. He went on afterwards to going to results to everything, but uh, that—that's the impact you could find on 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 Hasidus and on individuals. I don't think it was. I can tell you, I have news for you. My sperm do not sell as much as Lahabdil Elvafavdos, like Harry Potter. No, they don't sell as much. At yeah, the end like of the day, the morale is not a. Uh, you know, as a joke, I would want to make maybe a safer like this, computers for dummies and right, maybe Maharal Legolems, that could be a good safer. A Maharal Legolems could go well, but he's not for golems. He's just not. He's not. There could be an attempt to try to explain him, but it's, you need your gear and Torah to understand him. Yes, I think that leads perfectly into the, the next point, that last portion then we'll wrap up. Is that you know, we'll get to what you did and exactly what you set out to do and what your work does for that, because how hard it is, how deep it is. But first of all, I think we should speak on as, as, as you know, prelude to that is the moral style of writing. What is his st actual style? We talked about his, his, you studied this, but what's his style of actual writing? How does he write things? Is it hard to read? And what, what's the actual style? There's one point that I could tell you that people feel that the moral is always repeating himself. 
He's repeating himself, repeating himself, repeating himself. Which I must say, I don't see it that much because each time he adds something, always. But nevertheless, why didn't he say it in one go? Why say it in nine different times, each time adding? I heard that in the name of the Chidush Harim, the following. But that's what I heard. That the reason why the morale is going a little bit in circles, and again, each time adding something, because he took upon himself to take concepts of the Kabbalah world and introduce it without mentioning the Kabbalah terminology or revealing his Kabbalah sources. In Sifar Mal, as far as I remember, it doesn't appear once the concept of Nitzotzois and Klipois. doesn't appear once. Right? Now, just imagine if I want to speak about a table, but I took upon myself not to say the word table, and I want to explain what a table is. I'll say, you know, it's something that has four feet. You sit around it. You read on it. You eat on it. You, uh, I'm going to have to, by definition, go in circles if I cannot call the spade a spade. That's, I heard the Chidush Yarim explains why the moral sometimes is going through this effort because he's not mentioning its Kabbalistic terminology. He wants to bring it out, but as long as you cannot call it by its name, you got to go a little bit in circles to bring out the idea. So that's something I could point out about his style in writing. Um, but obviously there's more to add to it, but that's the thing that uh, when someone will start learning morale, that will, that's the first thing he'll, uh, he may notice. Okay, so yours from the, they're famous, they're blue, they're quite thick, and they're published by Mahon Yerushalayim with a big mem on the side. Um, like I said, you're still working on them. So, you know, what went into your work? What goes into, you know, wh- what did you do on the text of the morale? Did you use, uh, are the Kisviyas, did you use that old Fusen, you know, what, what, and what goes into the footnotes? I guess start, first of all, you know, I give a general overview, but start, I guess, wh- wh- what did you do to the actual text when you redid it critically? Did you use old Fusen? What did you do there with your size? So uh, regarding the, the actual test, uh, text itself, everything's based on Fus Rishon. And Hashem, they're accessible. Before we had Oitzah Chachma, has all the Fus Rishons of the Maral. The way before that, they were accessible in universities and libraries and so on. And um, going through the Fus Rishon of the Maral's, that's an essential. Because many mistakes and differences and omissions happen throughout the, the, throughout the Tfusim. The, the Svarim, the, all Svarim have a Tvusrishon. Some of them have a Ksaviyat. In fact, only two. The Gvur Hashem that Rabbi Lopiansky uh, and his Heber discovered. And there are Chaim, because since it's part of Shas, and we have the Chidush Yagodas in Shas, so there's a Ksaviyat on Shas, which includes Pirkeabas. That th- th- Those are the two Ksaviyats. I have here at home, I could show you, the, here's the Tfus Rishon. The Tfus Rishon of the Sefer Netzach Yisrael. And it came out in the Ramallah's lifetime. And whenever he said something which could be interpreted a little bit speaking against Christianity, the later editions took it out. But here it is. So point number one is making sure that it's a Tfus Rishon. Or, but if the later editions wrote something which is clear, I'll point that out, that in Fusrishan it says this word this way, and it says it that way. But the main avoida is the cross-references of the Maral. As I mentioned earlier, the only one who really has the authority to explain Maral is the Maral himself. I mean, again, Org Yisrael Hamuvakim. Not someone like myself. 
So therefore, if you could find where the morale speaks about this point elsewhere, it always helps to explain what he's saying. Right. Now I want to jump in. So your footnotes, anyone who's familiar with your work will see they are extensive. Now, so uh, there, so like you said, we gave the marshal earlier of the Mafteh Shaleda. So do you jump in and bring down word for word what he says elsewhere? So sometimes some farm do the Mitzayan, they just say, oh, look over there. So are you the type, is you, does your safer, does it bring down the entire thing word for word? And also, do you bring down what other G'daylam talk about what he says? And I guess I, I shouldn't be asking this. What, what else do you do in the footnotes? Okay, so I will quote with also the morale verbatim, whatever's no to, to to this Nakuda. And if he will stick in a sense that's not no to us now, so I'm going to write three dots. But uh, it, it is a little bit, maybe too much what I'm doing. And that's a kind of, I can tell you that there's something new happening now. Uh, it's coming out there. First Fus already came out. Uh, first, I mean, first first volume. The second volume is coming out in a few weeks. Again, of the of uh, what I mentioned before is the Mishnah's Maral. And it's uh, coming out with a shorter version of the Ha'aris. That's going to be done now in Mitz Hashem, again, through Reb Mendel Brachfeld and Reb Zalman Rosenberg, my close friends, and we're going through it. But my addition is for those who really would love to go as much as possible into the Maral and to really understand. Now, you don't have to read all the footnotes. You can skip them. There's no there's no chiyuv. But uh, what I'm doing in the footnotes is, is trying to show, A, the sources of the morale, where he took it from. When he says an idea, where did he take it from? Is it, if it's a chazah. It's known in the name of Rav Hutnizatzal that in every morale he said he could have showed his source where it's written in chazal. Okay, that, but that's a grain, a grain Yisrael V'kotshay. I'm, I'm trying my best to find out the sources of the morale or where these ideas were written prior to the morale. But the main avoida is the cross-references to the other svarim, which is a yam on its own, but Bo Hashem today with computers, whatever, it helps a little bit. Not totally, because the moral could say the same idea, exactly the same idea with totally different words. So a computer won't be able to help you on that one. And uh, to bring out those who dealt with the moral, if there's a moral that they explain, if there's a moral that the Pachat Yitzchak explains, or the Michta Melio explains, I'll quote it if I find out if I know about it. If there's a moral that Rabbi Yosef Engel explains, I, I, I'll quote it. I'll try to quote it because these Gdodi Yisrael always added clarity and, and a, a new light to what the moral is saying. But the, as I said before, the main avoider was to, to find the cross references where what what he wrote elsewhere and let it explain what he means here. Now another thing that you did is that this is a famous or infamous thing. Amongst those in the, into Svarim is that when you have a set of Darachayim or Arachadish, right? They all have, they come with a Mafteh volume, a fat volume that you, you, you're buying. So some people like it, hate it. What, you know, what are in the Mafteh's volumes? First of all, talk about them and also the decision to, you know, include in each set, quote unquote, a Mafteh. The purpose of the Mafteh is if someone has to speak tomorrow, when, when Corona will be over and there'll be Chasnas and Shavarachas, someone has to speak. And the Shevard Brachas, he wants to know what does the Maral say about Chosan and Kala. So he's going to start looking up the ninth for him. Now, again, 
I always thought that if the Mufteh is too extensive, it's not a problem. Just imagine if I'm looking in a phone book of, uh, of Manhattan, but I'm looking for a certain name. So it doesn't bother me that there's other names around there. I'm going to go according to the alphabetic order and find the fact there's other. So like the purpose that I did with the Mufteh, it's two kinds of Mufteh. One is Mufteh Mekaris. If you're learning a Gemara Chazal and you want to know if there's any morale on it, that's one. And then Mufteh Inyanim. What does the Ma'al say about Pidyan Aben? What does the Ma'al say about Prismila? What are you doing Chanukah Zabayis? What does he say about Mezuzah and Chanukah Zabayis? Bar Mitzvah, what does he say about Tefillin? He has, by the way, beautiful, beautiful Torah about Tefillin in the Gvuris and Baragola. Not that I'm saying, I'm not complimenting, I'm just saying it's, it's really amazing how he explains the Tefillin Shal Yad and the Tefillin Shal Rosh and why the Tefillin Shal Yad is one box and Tefillin Shal Rosh is divided to four boxes uh, nifla, but anyway, the point that, that's the purpose of Mufteches. Now, how come I'm doing it per safer? Because as you see, it, 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 it will be too much to do a Mufteche and a Maral. I'll see for a while. One day it will have to be done. We're gonna have to figure out how to do it. But meanwhile, on their Chaim, meaning or the Tiferes or each one, it's uh, each safer with its footnotes is, I would say, roughly 80% of all Sifri Maral. Each safer. So therefore, each maftach is 80% of the maral. Or, or if you learn something, you know how many times I get phone calls, I saw this in the maral and I don't remember where I saw it. Could you please help me? I, I saw this years ago and I remember now where it is. So that's the purpose of the maftachas. Right, I guess the drawback is that they're thick volumes and every time you buy a set, you have to buy it to take a space and it adds to the cost. But I guess the flip is if you sold it separately, it wouldn't sell and you'd just be losing, the, you know, lose so much money on it. That wouldn't make sense, right? I, I guess that would be the chesed there. Again, when you think about maral and money, don't go together. It's just good to remember. No, you can never publish Sifri Maral al das to make money. That never happens. If you cover your expenses, you're lucky. So I think we should we should discuss you know where you're holding currently, uh, how many volumes have been published, and what you're in the middle of working on now, and how much do you have to go? Okay, so I'm now in the middle of publishing Gvuras Hashem. I mean the fifth the fifth and last volume of Gvuras Hashem. Uh, the Gvuras Hashem is seventy two prakim, so it's divided to five volumes, and then there'll be a maftach, a sefer maftach. Um, uh, it's it's almost ready. And I'm now working on the last volume again of Gvuris Hashem and the Maftech, that will be volume 37 and volume 38 that I published. What's left after this is the, the, the drushes that you mentioned before, which probably will be two volumes or three, not more. And then a separate Nesibus Island. The separate Nesibus Island, it's a separate out of the 33 Nesibus, I published only two, meanwhile. The Siva Torah and the Siva Tshuva. But the Siva Torah is the largest one. There's still in the Siva Avoida. I would think that will take it again another, another like 10 volumes. I would think. I would think. Uh, the Siva Oilam, maybe a little bit less. And then I got to decide if the Chidush Goddess that were discovered in the 50s, people tell me that that's the most important one that they would like to have because it's according to the Seder of Shas. So you learn a Gemara, look up the, 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 the Maral on the Shas. But I think you would agree to that. But if I do that, I need, there, there will be a Mitzvah for Aruchas Yamim, because that will take a good another 20, 30 years. And I'm already 63, so that's already like uh, 
you know, a close call. But, right, you got to cover ground before ground covers you. That's on that's the side. Okay, Merit Hashem, Be'ez Hashem. But, but so, yeah, you, so once the Gros Hashem comes out, would you say you're going to finish the series Elam or you would do the drushes first? You know, which one, you know, just if people are It's a good know. question. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I, I, I have just a natural push when it happens. And I, I would think it would be the Sivas Elam, but, but maybe not. Okay, so something that uh, this gets back to ask, I'd asked you earlier, what's his most Yisraelistic safer? So we can answer that now. And also it goes hand in hand with a more simpler question, which is if someone wants to learn morale, uh, you know, what safer do you suggest they pick? Whether that's because it's the most Yisraelistic, so and that, or is something that's easier, so to speak, for them to pick up a morale and say, okay, I want to start learning morale. These are very good questions. Remember Weinstein, these are excellent questions. And uh, maybe I'll start with the last question. Which safer to start from? I've been asked this question hundreds and hundreds of times. I think the answer should be Gur'ayi, because that's where the Maram himself started first. Hi, the Gur'ayi, though, is a yam, a little ocean on its own. But I can tell you, for some reason, it's not known enough, but I would do it again. I published a little booklet of selected Gur'ayis in every parsha. And so, like, to go through every single Gur'ari on the Pasha could be Tafasta Maruba lo Tafasta. But they have a little pamphlet that tells you what are the, again, not that the other morals are less important, but the more you start to stick morals, and I would recommend that that's how to do it, how to start. The Gur'ari selected morals in each Pasha. I could send it by email to anybody who wants it, free of charge. Uh, the shtiklachs of the maral. The reason to do it in that way is, as I mentioned before, that's how the maral himself did it. And Chumash Rashi we're a little bit familiar with already. It's not totally going to... We, we have the home court advantage, if we could use that expression. And that's probably the reason the maral himself wrote this safer Guru first. Because let's start with what you're familiar with. And then what's called the most decided is it's a tough question. It, it's hard to know. I'd rather keep that open. I would. My, my tendency is that the way he himself, the Sram that he quotes, when he makes cross references, the Sefer Gvuras Hashem is the Sefer that he quotes the most. Okay. And his other Sram. That right. would give you the impression that maybe that's the most Yisraelistic one. Right. Okay. Now, now something to tie back to that first question I asked you. What? What? So you said that is a little pamphlet that you can email. So I can if. You, uh, um, if you want, I can I can include your email in the show's notes. If you don't want, people can. How can people find your email? Do you want me to include it, or they can find it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, they can just email you. Um, so no, another question is how how should so how should someone approach the lima? Just start reading it. How how would you say you know? That's a more good question, because you do need a rebbe. You do need some kind of some kind of. Muskel Rishon, uh, thinking about it, I, I would imagine that a person first should go through the Pachat Yitzchak of Rav Hutner. If he's a, if he's a, a regular yeshiva guy, I mean, he went through yeshivas. Today he's a lawyer, he's a doctor, whatever. He has yeshiva training, whatever amount of years. And now he wants to go into Machshava in a more a deeper level than he went till now. And he wants to learn a sugi in Machshava like he learns a sugi in, in Gemara. For that, I think the best safer in the world is Pachad Yitzhak Rav Hutner. Rav Hutner really not only 
he started a new a new mikzor in Torah. And it, it really, what he did is a modern version of what the Maral did, of speaking about these in Yanim in a yeshivish and nigla way, that the concepts all come from the world of of, of, of Nister and Plemius. Not mentioning them by name, I think to open up straight the Maral would be a little bit of a jump. Would be a little bit of a jump. I think it's good I first to go through those who quote Maral and explain them, Michta Milial, and so on. But the the truth is uh, that's what I'm trying to to a certain degree to fulfill through the footnotes. That if you don't if you don't do that and you still want to start with the Maral, so I'll try to help you start. But again, the, the, whatever I'll do would not be compared to what the footnotes that's all did. So I, 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 that would be the better way. I, I see you don't want to say it, but I'll give you a plug. I mean, that's what people should buy your farm. That's what they that's what they're out to accomplish. Is that like I said, if you want to learn morale somewhat be in or just understand it, basically it's it's there to help you to really give you that Hesber that you know it's not an easy light, it's not a light read, like you said. So it's not gonna be a bestseller. It's not that it's not your, your bestseller novel, but it's something that you want to schwitz on it a little bit to give you a little bit of, of, of help yeah. in regard. Okay, so uh, with, with that, um, if anyone wants to order any of this farm, like we said, there's 36 volumes already, whatever the number is, and there's going to be more coming out shortly. So the farm are available in any uh, farm store, wherever every farm store should carry them. Um, also, I'll try to link maybe to some, and then there's also Machon Yerushalayim has a website in Machon-Y.com, I think. And I know in America, I think TorahBooks.com is the name of Machon Yerushalayim's kind of website or something that people can order from as well. And I will try um, linking uh, to that. I once again also would like to uh, thank my uh, sponsor, who generously sponsored, Glock Plumbing. Again, their uh, number 732-523-1836, extension one, if any service, plumbing service need in New Jersey. And with that, I really uh, would like to thank you, Robert Hartman, for joining me. And thank you for taking the time and, and, and to talk about the morale. It was very, very interesting. And I must say, I've been asked many times in my, uh, throughout the last couple of years, interviews of my mouth. I never went through such a thorough question ses- session like I went through now, really. And you're, you're a young person and your whole future is ahead of you and you should have a lot of atzlacha beis Hashem. Amen. Thank you very much for your time and for uh, talking about the morale. Okay, all the best.